know, I love that hymn we sang this morning at Calvary. I love the chorus. I think whoever wrote that chorus is an absolute masterpiece. I don't know why, but every time I sing it, I think of that. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. What a great verse. I hope that blessed your heart today. It did mine. Well, we're going to talk about the last two hymns we sang, Stepping in the Light and The Light of the World is Jesus. John chapter 8 this morning, Jesus, the Light of the World. John chapter 8, look with me in verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came, and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come, and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. Yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father hath sent me, beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury, as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Let's pray together. Our Father, we do thank you for the ministry of music. It blessed my heart today. And I love that old hymn at Calvary, and we pray that you would help us, Lord, as we remember what Jesus Christ did for us, and we're reminded today that he is the light of the world, and help us, Lord, to walk in the light, not the darkness. Help us, Lord, to see the Father more clearly because of the light of Jesus Christ. Father, there might be one here today that's never trusted Jesus Christ, and Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will work in their heart and draw them to you today, and Father, may they make that, uh, that decision to put their faith and trust in only Jesus Christ. And Father, we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. The Gospel of John records at least seven declarations by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we looked at the first one several weeks ago. I am that bread of life. I am that bread of life, John chapter 6, verse 48. Then in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10, verse 9, he says, I am the door. John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in John chapter 15, he is the vine. As we study through the book of John, we'll look at each of those individually as the Lord leads us. But tonight, we want, or this morning, we want to focus on just that one phrase in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. In making these statements, not just the one in John 8, 12, but the seven that I've shared with you this morning, Jesus reveals much about the world around us and the lives that we live. Now think about that. Jesus would not say he is the bread of life if we did not need the bread of life. He would not say he is the light of the world or he is the door, he is the good shepherd, if we were not standing in need of all those things. But Jesus Christ offers himself to us as the bread of life, as the light of the world, as the good shepherd and all these things because it is what we need. 
And so as we think about the light of the world this morning, let's understand something. The world is plunged in darkness. Our first point will bring us through that this morning and prove it with Scripture, but let's just look at these introductory remarks. As the Lord is talking about being the light of the world, we must understand that He is offering us this very light. In this message, we'll focus our attention on this declaration. As recorded, He is the light of the world. Now, Jesus made this statement, if you look in verse 20, while He was in the treasury. In the temple there, that was the court of women. And as he's out there, the Bible says in verse 20, these words spake Jesus in the treasury, and he was doing something as he taught in the temple. Now in this court of the women, and and we had to look this up and study it a little bit, in the court of the women, it is very likely the Lord Jesus Christ was referring to these big, large, colossal lamps that were standing there in that courtyard. Old pictures will tell you and show you and, and uh, diagrams that were laid out of that first temple in Jewish history. It says there were these giant lampstands that were at least, um, they go by cubits of course, but about nine feet wide. And they were round and they were filled with oil and they would burn and give light. And the light was said to shine and cover that entire outer court. The court of the Gentiles, the court of women, the treasury area where they would buy and sell the, the lambs and, and for sacrifice and the money changers, that's where they got thrown out of. And, and so that entire area where Jesus was teaching, these two colossal lights filled with oil would burn and shine their light onto the entire court. Now if you've ever been to Israel and had the privilege of going up on that temple mount, you can see how large an area that is. These lamps must have been incredibly bright and able to shed a light that would cover that entire area. But Jesus, you can see in his, his way of teaching and his folksy manner as he talked to people, they would be seeing these lights and he'd say, but I'm the light of the world. It wasn't just the light of that temple or just the light to the Gentiles or just the light to the Jews. He was the light that would shine through the darkness to the entire world. There are some things implied by the Lord Jesus Christ's statement. The first is this, there is darkness in the world today. We see the symbolism of darkness in the Bible. It is used metaphorically to symbolize distress or mourning or perplexity, ignorance and death. Isaiah chapter 9 talks about the Israelites as they were in darkness and and they needed the light. It was a metaphorical statement telling us that the, the state of their sin, the state of their indecision, the state of their not committing full-heartedly to God would put them in a place of darkness. Maybe you have felt like that at times. After my first year of college, I was struggling with what to do. I I had gone to college, and you know, know, uh, we're Canadians. Living in the States can be very different. I learned after four years, I, I loved where I was, and, and, and Missouri is a very different place than a lot of other places. They, they, they say that Missouri is so laid back, the river only runs two days a week. It is very relaxed there, and nobody's in a hurry. You get on the highway, the interstate, all the cars stay right beside each other. Nobody passes each other. Nobody honks. And So if you get behind one of them, you might as well just settle in for the long haul. You're there for hours. And, uh, but we got to, but after that first year, you know, I was like, man, I don't know what the Lord wants. I'm really struggling. I was thinking at that time, Baptist Bible College was right at the very last year. And I, I was thinking about transferring back and Dr. Strachan came all the way down to Missouri to talk to me. He came down for the fellowship week and there was preaching and we went out to eat and he, 
And we struggled, and we looked at, he, wouldn't you know, he was walking with me across the campus one day, and I, I went to, I said, I'm just going to stop and grab my mail, Pastor. And so I stopped, and I was picking up my mail. Wouldn't you know my report card was there? Well, you didn't want Dr. Strachan with you when you got your report card. But I did. And, and I said, oh, I got my report card. And he says, oh, let me see that. Took it right out of my hands, and he got looking at it. My first semester, I'd done very well. I had all A's, and, and I'd done very well. Second semester, not so well. And uh, I, I mean, I was still getting, you know, B's and stuff, but my grades just weren't quite as good. And Dr. Strachan could see my first year, first semester, and he looked at my second and he goes, you dropped off. I said, well, yeah, and I started making excuses, you know. Classes got a little harder and this and that and the other thing. And he said this. He says, when you're in a place of indecision, he knew I was struggling with a decision. When you're in a place of indecision, it's like you're in darkness. And he says, until you get things settled in your heart, Alan, he says, your grades won't improve. He says, you've got to know that God wants you here, or God wants you home, or God wants you wherever, but he says, you've got to get that settled in your heart, and he says, and you'll do better. And he was right. My grades improved after that, once I made the decision. That's what darkness is metaphorically referred to in the Bible. A place of indecision, a place of wandering, a place of groping. It's also used figuratively in the Bible to describe moral depravity. Look at just a few pages back in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, the Bible says in verse 19, And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. It's used figuratively in Romans 13 and Ephesians chapter 5 of moral depravity. And so when, when we think of somebody that is plunged into darkness, this is what we're referring to. There's no light in them. The Bible sometimes describes in Romans chapter 1 as a reprobate mind, a place of darkness. I want to say not only do we see the significance of darkness, but we see the reality of the darkness today, don't we? I, how many of you watch the news each night? Many of you do that? Boy, that's a place of darkness, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I begin to wonder after a while, at the end of the news, they always put one of those feel-good stories on. You ever seen those? So-and-so saved 13 puppies from drowning or something, you know, one of those feel-good stories. And uh, I, I wonder why they always do that. Because they're so negative. It's so dark. We see all the agendas of the special interest groups out there today. We hear more about babies being killed and, and, and homosexual unions and all the rest, and we see it in the news every day. Terrorism, war, oppression. This world is a dark place. It's viewed in the media. You can't turn on your television now without filthy language and nudity and all the rest. The world we live in is a dark place. It's experienced in our lives with humanism and, and abuse and false religious systems. It's described by the Apostle Paul. Turn, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. You say, boy, we live in dark days. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. The Apostle Paul describes some dark days in Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. That means they have no conscience whatsoever. Sin doesn't affect them. 
They're not bothered by the wickedness. Isn't that what we see today? The Bible goes on and says, verse 20, But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If I can put it in the words of the Apostle John, he would say like this, walk in the light. Walk in the light. The reality of darkness is all around us, but that's why the Lord Jesus Christ offered himself as light. There's hope today. I don't know if you know that or understand that, but even in the dark days that we live and in the darkness that is overtaking our entire world, there is hope in the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. I want you to turn back to John chapter 8 and just notice a few things with me this morning. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. First of all, we just want to focus just on that part of that phrase. He is the light. He is the light. This is a claim that is made elsewhere in the Gospels. In John chapter 1, we see in verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every child of God ought to be a lampstand holding up the light of Jesus Christ, pointing people to God through the light that is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 9 and verse 5, if you were back in your place in John chapter 8, just look forward a couple verses. John chapter 9 and verse 5, the apostle says it this way, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus was the light. John chapter 12, verse 35, a couple more pages. The Bible says in verse 35, then said, And then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Verse 46, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. You know that you were once children of the darkness. We were once lost in our sins, and why were we lost? Because it was dark. How many of you know a path in perfect daylight, but once it gets dark, you can't find your way around? When I came home from Bible college the first year, we had had, um, I had a, a room in the basement. My parents chained me up under the stairs, and uh, probably deserved it, though. And, uh, but I had a room down in the basement, and when I when I I've been down there, I guess I was about thirteen. I had a room down there, and and uh, from the time I was thirteen till I was eighteen, and so I could go to the top of the stairs. There was no light switch at the bottom, and so I would shut off the light step switch, and I could go okay one, one two three down the first set of steps, turn, take two steps, eight steps down to the bottom, turn right, and I could walk all the way through pitch blackness, all the way to my bedroom. Well, wouldn't you know that when I was away for college that semester? They moved the furniture around. I think they did it on purpose. And so that first night, I was okay. I went down the first set of stairs, turned right, took two steps, turned left, uh, went down uh, the rest of the way, turned right, and I started walking through that room, and I walked right into a couch or a Davenport that was sitting there. Stubbed my toe. That doesn't happen in the light. I mean, unless you're incredibly clumsy. 
It doesn't happen when the light is on. But because of the darkness, I couldn't see the change that the path had, had moved and turned. And listen, friends, if you're going to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to follow the light of Jesus Christ. You have to get into the Word of God. Thy Word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. It guides us and points us to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of God says, uh, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit of God in John chapter 16, verse 25, he will testify of me. He will speak of me. He will teach you of me. In John 14, verse 26, when the Comforter has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will teach you all things. It is the light of the Word of God. It is the light of the Lord Jesus Christ that allows us to follow the path, that allows us to follow him. If you're going to fumble around in darkness, you're going to be lost. It'll lead to a reprobate mind, and you will not be able to see the path that God has for you. He is the light. I want you to notice that in that explanation, or in that, uh, in, in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says this, I am the light. I am the light. Boy, if you just read the Bible, that throws away a lot of old bad doctrine, doesn't it? Well, there's lots of ways to go to heaven. No, no. He is the light. That means everything else is darkness. He is the light. If you're going to a church that preaches anything but Jesus Christ, you're lost. If they're saying you can work your way to heaven, you're lost. If you're saying you can be baptized and go to heaven, you're lost. I had a blessing last week. Neil, Neil Blaine, uh, you might have seen a young man. He's been coming, sitting over about where Paul is. He's been coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the last few weeks. Uh, Neil uh, came from a Church of Christ background, the Campbellites. And he had trusted the Lord Jesus Christ a couple years ago. And, and, uh, but he came to me and he said, I need to be baptized. He says, I, he says, I just moved down here. He's been working at Port Dover for several years and decided to make the move. He works at Bridge Yachts. So for all of you folks that own a yacht, go down there and, and uh, say hi to him once in a while. But uh, he, he came in and he said, I need to be baptized. I said, okay, well, I better sit down because he's coming from Church of Christ. Church of Christ believes you have to be baptized to be saved. They believe in baptismal regeneration. It doesn't matter if you have faith. It doesn't matter if you pray. Just get baptized. You'll be saved. That's what they believe. And so I thought, I better talk to this fellow. So Wednesday night, we went in my office and we had a word. And I said, listen, I said, there are several groups out there. I said, that have called themselves Church of Christ over the years. I said, uh, I said, there are just some well-meaning Bible churches that have preached the Bible, but they call themselves Church of Christ. I said, which Church of Christ is your background? And he said, well, he says, it's, uh, he says probably the best-known group is the Duck Dynasty crew. I said, yeah, I'm familiar with them. He says, he says, they believe you have to be baptized to be saved. And he was so adamant, I've got to get baptized. I thought maybe that's where he was. He says, but I don't believe that preacher. He says, he says, I, I, I never gave you my whole testimony. He says, several years ago, he says, I was working in London, and he says, uh, a girl that worked there was a born-again Christian, and God gave her to me as a friend, and she led me to the Lord. He says, I started going to an independent Baptist church out in, in uh, uh, Chatham, Ontario, Maple City Baptist Church, Pastor Dressler. I said, I know Pastor Dressler. He says, and for a couple years there, I got discipled and everything. He says, baptism is a matter of obedience. He says, I just need to do it to be obedient to the Lord. I'm saved. I know the Lord is my Savior. He gave me his whole testimony. I went, praise the Lord. But you know, there's those church groups out there that say, you've got to be baptized to be saved. No, no, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. 
It's a matter of trusting Jesus Christ. By grace are you saved through faith. And so be careful. Jesus Christ is the light. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. How many verses could we pull out of Scripture today that all point us right back to just trusting in Jesus Christ? Jesus said in this passage, uh, um, if you've known me, you've known the Father. Philip saith unto him, show us the Father and it suffices with us. He says, if you've known me, you've known him. It's coming through Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh the Father but by me. It's an exclusive term. He is the light. It indicates that he alone provides for our salvation. He alone provides the true and the living way. As the light, Jesus is the source of life. Look, it says in John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of Life. I guess the flip side of that's the darkness of death. If you come to the light, you'll find life. If you come to Jesus Christ, you'll know what it is to have abundant life in John chapter 10 and verse 10, eternal life, John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus is the light that offers life. But listen, let me give you a caution as we're thinking about these thoughts today. We must be cautious of those who proclaim to offer light. There's so many today that, that come out and say that they are offering us light, that they are the, there's that group, the Light International, and all these groups that say, we have the truth, we have. Look, look if you will, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. There are several reasons God has given you a Bible. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God is a good one. But He's also given you a Bible for discernment. When you hold the Bible up to anything else, everything else looks counterfeit. You can find the truth in the Bible. And so we have to be careful because the Bible warns us of this in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, or this, is, this isn't surprising, or this is nothing we should be surprised about, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. The Bible said this would happen. It'll appear as light, angels of light. It'll look good. It'll smell good. Brother Brad Took was telling me that when he was first interested in spiritual things, you went to the Christadelphian church. Is that right? You know, years ago, I, I was watching a program on, on television, and I, it was a religious program, and watching it was some archaeology stuff going on in Israel that was really interesting, and I enjoyed that. And then at the end, the fellow got up, and he began to preach a little bit, and I thought, boy, he's an interesting preacher, good preacher, and went on right down, and, and the whole thing, then he got right down to the very end, and I went, hmm, Something's not just right there. And at the end, they put up the credits, and they told what the group was, and, and so I began to look it up, and, and I thought, well, I wonder what, what, it, what it is. It's the something Bible hour or something, you know, but it didn't tell me what religion it was, what denomination, what group it was, and I began to look, and, and I had to look on the internet. I mean, I had to really search. It wasn't easy to find. I mean, I found their website for their program, and I began to dig through there. It never came out and said, but it was associated with this church, and I finally went over to that church and found out it was a Christadelphian church. 
They didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. I went, whoa. They talked about Jesus and they preached about Jesus, but, and they never said, we just believe he's a good man, but you get into their doctrine and you find out they don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. What's going on here? Oh, that's subtle, isn't it? A lot of these programs do that, and we have to be careful of the, the little bit of poison they put in there. Be careful. Because the Bible says they'll appear as angels of light, but it's not the true light. We must be wary of it. And then we see that he is the light, not just the light, but he is the light of the world. Not for the Jews only, but for the Gentiles or all nations as well. That was foretold by the prophets. Look back in Isaiah, if you will. Isaiah chapter 49. I, I, we have a lot of scriptures today, and I, it's a bit of a Bible study, but it's important that we see some of these scriptures. Isaiah chapter 49, the Bible says in, in, in verse uh, 5, And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. That's Israel. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to, reserve, to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Now, if Christ's salvation is going to shine to the end of the earth, that means his light has to shine to the end of the earth. He's a light not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. He's the light of not just Jerusalem or Israel, but to the whole world. It's available to all who believe. Boy, be careful of that doctrine of Calvin. Only the elect, only the predestinated. Listen, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. We'd never have a missionary if we believed that. But Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. If God's just going to save them at willy-nilly, whoever he pleases. But the Bible says, whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever cometh and drink of the water of life and take of the tree of life. Whosoever may come. And the Bible says as we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, he's available to all who believe. Look back in John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 46, the Bible says, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. You can have that light today if you just trust. That's it. Just trust. I used to tease my wife. My wife uh, had a hard time sometimes. I, I think probably it was my fault because uh, I have a terrible memory. I don't know why I have such a bad memory, but I do. I used to have a good memory, not anymore. But if she said to me, and you can all look at her and she'll nod and tell you the truth. If she said to me, did you shut that light off when you came out of the basement? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I did. She goes and checks anyway. Isn't that true? She does. She just doesn't believe I do. And if, if I say... Well, that light switch, I, I, that light switch isn't working. I don't know what's wrong with it. The light, I went and flipped it. The light's not coming on. I can guarantee she's going to go test it for herself. I just know her well enough. She's going to do that. And then she's going to say later on, maybe, well, you're right. That light's not working. Well, I know it's not working. I mean, I changed the bulb. I checked everything. It's just not the, something wrong in the switch. Or, but you know, people that come to the Lord Jesus Christ, they say, well, is he really the light to everybody? You just have to trust. 
You just have to trust and believe. That's it. And He'll be your light. It's, you, don't, you don't have to test it. You don't have to flip it on and off to see if it's working. All you have to do is trust the one that said, I'm the light. That's a whole lot easier than trusting somebody that says it's not working or some man. Just trust in Jesus. And He will give you the light that will lead you home to the Father. It's available to all who believe, to everyone who believes in Jesus, to those who follow Jesus. Look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. The Bible says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of, the light of life. Look at the key phrase there. He that followeth me. This Christian life, I, there's a lot of Christians that step off into the darkness once in a while. They get off that path and they're backslidden and they're not following the Lord. The Bible says, He that followeth me will have the light. I was in Bible college. I remember a fellow came to our floor one night, and he was a friend of our, of our, our floor mom or dorm monitor, whatever you call them. And he'd asked him to give a devotion that night. He was a grad school student. And he got up and he says, guys, he says, I'm going to be honest with you. He says, I, I've gone through a, a time. He says, I just came out of it. And he says, I'm glad to share. But he says, let me share this testimony. He says, for the last couple months, he says, I haven't prayed at all. He says, I didn't feel like I could. I didn't feel like the Lord was hearing my prayers. And he says, I, I didn't read the Bible for two months. He says, because I just, I, I wasn't getting anything and the Lord wasn't showing me anything. And it was just, he says, I just, I couldn't focus. I, and he says, I realized this. It wasn't the Lord and it wasn't the Bible. I'd stepped off into darkness. I'd made some choices in my life and got off the right path, he says, but he says, you know, the moment, he says, I went to church about two weeks ago, and he says, I, he says, the pastor preached on something, he said, boy, it got a hold of my heart, and I went to the altar, and he says, that night I went home, and I opened my Bible, and it was like it was brand new again. He said, I began to pray, and, and he, says, he says, the Lord just kept comforting me in my prayer, and I wept, and he says, I knew that the Lord was hearing me and answering my prayers even as I prayed. He says, listen, when you step off into the darkness, you cannot find the light, but when you walk in the light... And God is right there with you. We must follow Him. We must make that conscious effort every day to align our lives with the Word of God and align our lives with the Bible. He is the light of the world for those that follow Him. The Bible talks about being a disciple. One who is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And a disciple means a follower, a learner. One who will follow Jesus Christ has the light of life. Therefore, only those who become disciples, walk in the light. Studying this out has helped me understand something. A lot of times we, we see other groups and other people and Christians of different maturity and such. And sometimes we just shake our heads and say, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? I mean, I mean why, would they, why would they dress like that? Why would they behave like that? Why would they listen to that kind of music? Why would they put those wicked things before their eyes? Why aren't they separated? And I realized something. Just because we make a profession of faith doesn't mean we're walking in the light. Just because somebody accepts Christ as their Savior doesn't mean that they're following after Him. But the Bible says if we want to walk in the light, we must follow Him. We must be His disciples. The Bible says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. The word teach all nations literally means make disciples. Make disciples. Christ isn't looking for people to buy, just to buy life insurance. He wants you to follow him. Take up your cross 
and follow me. Leave your nets and I will make you fishers of men. Come and follow me. You remember, I believe it was James and John. I, I'm trying to remember. But Jesus, just early in his ministry, was walking and, and they were following him. Remember that? And they were kind of watching him. They wanted to see. Well, you can't sneak up on Jesus. I don't know how foolish you think you are. But Jesus knew they were back there. And he turns around and he says, what are you looking for? I mean, I think Jesus had fun with it. I really do. I think he was enjoying that. What are you guys doing? Um, 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 where do you live? They couldn't think of a better question. Where, where, we just want to see where you live. And Jesus said, come and follow me. They found out where he lived, didn't he? The foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man hath not to lay his head. They found out where he lived. And they gave their lives to follow him. That's what Jesus is looking for. When he says, follow the light, he's saying, come and follow me. Follow me. How do we follow him? Only by abiding in his words. John chapter 8, verse 31 says this. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So many today just grab on to the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll go to church and they'll, you know, they'll sit in the pew every week. But do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you walking in the light? It's more than just going through the motions and hoping that the, the preacher will prop you up once a week or hoping that you'll, that you'll get something from a religious program. Or Listen, it, it, it's giving your life to follow after the light that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to abide in Him. Second John, the book of Second John, I'll turn there quickly to save you time. Second John verse nine, the Bible says, "Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. It's about abiding in the Word of God. The Bible talks about another, in another passage of Scripture about those that had got angry and left the church and, and the apostle has the ability to see things that, that we cannot see and we cannot make this judgment call about anybody. But the apostle said this, he says, they went out from among us because they were never of us. They didn't truly have the light of Jesus Christ in their hearts. We're talking about having a genuine relationship with the Lord, not just a church-going relationship, not just a Sunday relationship, not just a Christmas and Easter relationship, but by having a genuine relationship following the Lord as He is the light of the world. We must abide in His words. And not only when we abide in His words do we walk in the light, the Bible says we become light. The Bible says you are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said that, that a light that, is, uh, that we must not hide our light under a bushel. But we are to let it shine in the world. Listen, here, here's the thing. You are not sun. You are moon. A moon reflects the light of the sun. And that's what we are to be, just to reflect the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Some nights I, I go out and, and the moon is big and bright. Now I'm reminded that's what we're supposed to be. Some nights we go out and it's just a little sliver. And I think, oh, isn't that what the church might really be in this day and age? Some nights you don't see it at all. But it's up during the daytime and it's kind of hiding in the clouds. 
We are to reflect the sun in its full brightness. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The light that you have is only because of the Lord Jesus Christ. The light is to bring glory to our Father in heaven. Let me ask you this, friend. Are you confused or stumbling in the darkness today, making a mess of your life? Then come to the light. The song says, come to the light. It's shining for thee. Jesus Christ wants you to follow him and be his disciple. Man, I, I, I got to wonder. I wish, I wish sometimes that we could see, and maybe in heaven we will. I'd like to see the life of Matthew, the tax collector, before Jesus called him. Before he started walking in the light. We get a glimpse of Peter even after he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and he forbade Jesus. Jesus, you can't go to Jerusalem. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou savest not the things that be of God. And then he told him, he says, when you are converted. I thought, wait a minute, isn't Peter already saved? He says, no, no, there's some things that still need to change in your life. On the day of Pentecost, we saw that change come and Peter saw 3,000 come to the Lord Jesus Christ as he preached in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now he was walking in the light. Do we have that kind of relationship? Jesus has come to the light. Follow him and he'll give you the light of life. And also, are you the light that Christ wants you to be? Are you reflecting his glory? Are others seeing Jesus Christ through you? That's the question we must ask our hearts today and find out, lay ourselves bare before God. God, do I have a genuine relationship with you? Am I walking in the light? You know, it's, it's, it's funny. We take some phrases from the Bible and I really believe at times we do an injustice to them by making them into a cute little song. How many of you, when you're a kid, sing, Jesus wants me for a sunbeam? It's a good principle, don't get me wrong. But I think we make it so cutesy that we don't take it seriously anymore. This is a serious thing, walking in the light. Trying to walk in the steps of our Savior, stepping in the light, stepping in the light. It's not an easy thing to do, but that's what God commands us to do. Abide in him. Follow him. Read the verse one more time. John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Well, I don't know about you, but if that's what God's offering, I want it. And I know that that means we have to radically transform our lives. But are we walking in the light? Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for your word and challenge us with it. Thank you that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Thank you that because he shone so brightly and continues to shine today that men and women, boys and girls can still come and trust Jesus Christ and be washed in the blood of the Lamb and their sins forgiven. Father, help us to hold forth that light as well. Help us, Lord, to be the, the light that Jesus Christ wants us to be. And Father, we'll give you thanks and praise. Father, bless this invitation time, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. God has spoke to your heart. This altar is open. Would you take some time this morning and just thank the Lord for what he's done in your life and ask God, God, am I walking in the light? I didn't ask if you were saved or made a profession of faith. I'm asking today, are you following Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with him that helps you stay out of the darkness? Are you set apart unto God? Maybe there's somebody here today say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. If I were to die today, I, I don't know where I'd spend eternity, heaven or hell. I just don't know. Would you pray for me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call out your name in any way. But could I pray for you? Would you just slip up your hand? Nobody's looking around. Is there one? 